so yeah, are, you, are you a young person? I am a young person. Do you feel like a young I person? I am. I'm still a teenager. Only jest. Yeah. Only jest. Yes. Uh, Older as, people. Oh, as, well, as, as old guys. No, I yeah. will say, as uh, the generation the, that grew up without the, social media... Yeah. Um, we overlapped. We overlapped. Yeah. Laughing. <laughs> it's just, just you like, were 12 eight years ago. Eight years, it was just, we're talking about not. Okay. Uh, William and I were still old eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we what still, I'm saying we were, is. We were adults eight years is ago. People well. We're back. This is the People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast. There's three of us today. So, my as winners, three of us. There's uh, generally a longer episode. Anyway, we don't always talk about the countryside. Uh, you, the listeners, send in questions for us to discuss, and so it, sometimes it draws us away from the countryside, but we always try and bring it back and make it have a, an environmental angle. I'm Stuart the Wild Man Mabbit, and uh, my job is just actually making people aware of the nature on their doorstep that they may be actually not noticing and just taking for granted. Who's the co-host? Hi, my name's William Mankler. Thanks very much, as always, for listening to this podcast. We're, we're steadily plodding towards 500 episodes, aren't we, Stuart? Yeah. And, well, maybe by the time this, this podcast goes out, we might have even hit the 175,000 yeah. listen mark as well. Well, I hope so. So uh, we've got somebody in the listeners' chair. Susie Darrington's back. I woo, am. Woo, woo, woo. Yay. And uh, this, this question we're going to be talking about today, rattled your cage. Without saying what the question is, why do you think this rattled um, something well, in you? I think because I am, in a way, the young person being referred to yeah. by the question. So yeah, are, you, are you a young person? I am a young person. Do you feel like a young I person? I am. I'm still a teenager. Only jest. Yeah. Only jest. Yes. It's like I'm, I'm still... I'm by still... the time this episode comes out, I will be 20, but still. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, uh, just for a change, uh, Susie, do you want to read the question out then? Yeah. And who, who, is, who is it from? So, this is a question from Ronnie in Denchworth. Uh, and South Oxfordshire. Yeah, South of Oxfordshire. North of Wantage. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, west of east of west of west Lockinge. Yeah. I see. Yeah. See, I don't well, know all these places. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just having a way. Uh, they ask, are young people's perception of reality distorted by the cultural influences of their preferred social media platforms? Well, this is your platform to actually uh, air your bladder. <laughs> yeah, I, th yeah. I, th I, think, I think this will just be Susie's monologue. Yeah. No, no, Stuart no. and I can now relax and uh, rest our eyes for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I want to bounce off you guys and see what you think as... Uh, Older as, people. Oh, as, well, as, as old guys. No, yeah. I will say, as uh, the generation <laughs> that grew up without yeah. social media... Yeah. Um, we overlapped. Me. We overlapped. Yeah. Yeah. My the, f the first time I had a phone was... That a phone like a smartphone, I guess. Because yeah. my first phone wasn't a smartphone. It was just uh, one of those... Like mine. Yeah. One, one like... Uh, a phone. Stuart. Stuart's got a... Mobile a, phone. What is your phone, Stuart? It's okay. a it's a Nokia. Yeah. Um, and it just makes and receives calls and text messages. Doesn't connect to the internet. Doesn't have apps. Doesn't have nothing. Okay, mine could play like snake so right. it was it was a, it had a it had a few more yeah. fun things like to do as well yeah it was it was a nokia but it was just one of those clicky ones so yeah. it's not a touch screen smartphone but the first time i got a smartphone i was 12 maybe um it was year seven and uh it had access to social media i mean instagram facebook twitter i mean i only really used instagram but it we're was only talking about eight years ago, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It was our generation, I guess, that would 
Why, why are you laughing? It's just, just you like, were 12, eight years ago. It was just, we're talking about not... Okay. We're, William and I were still old eight years ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. We what still, I'm saying we were, is... We were adults eight years ago. People, well, people that were... Yeah. Um, that grew up at my age, or a bit before that as well, because you had MySpace and that. Yeah. Um, wow, you remember MySpace? I don't remember it. I never used it, but... <laughs> Uh, we grow up with social media and we've always had social media be a part of our lives. We've uh, never had a phone which didn't have social media on it. And also you're talking specifically about social media on a phone as well, because when I when social media first started, these weren't really a thing. Yeah. Um, just on your computer. Just on the computer. Yeah. So you're, it's, it's, your social media has been on you all the time. Exactly. So if you wanted to use social media before, MySpace, for yeah. instance, you'd have to sit down after school and dedicate time to yeah. actively using MySpace. Whereas nowadays, I carry around access to social media in my pocket or my bag 24-7. Yeah, so, so do, do how does that like, make you feel? Yeah, A bit trapped. Like, I, it is, in a way, it's it's put on myself. Yeah. Um, I could, if I wanted to, really delete all the social media off my phone or even get rid of my phone and get one that doesn't have access to social media. And I've, I've seen people do that before. It's not impossible, but it almost feels impossible. That, that yeah. in a way, sounds like an addiction. Yeah. Well, it does. It does tap into that because, you know, there's a science behind this because, you know, these um, one-armed bandits and fruit machines, they yes. flash. Yes. And when you're yeah. playing them, they're flashing and there's a rhythm to, to the game and you tap into that rhythm and it, it's, it's been scientifically proven social media works in the same way. You get these likes and you get these hearts and you get these flashing images. It's exciting the same parts of the brain. So there is an addiction get, aspect in it. You get a little drop of dopamine every time you yeah. get a like from something or, yeah. or an interaction. And a lot of it nowadays, I think the next generation that's coming up now, which is growing up with short form content like TikTok, yeah is going to find that addiction even harder to break because that content is even more addictive and it's designed to get you addicted and scrolling for as long as possible. Yeah. And I think when you bring politics or news or current events or philosophy or any kind of attitude, any kind of, I don't know, view of the world and you marry those two together, people are going to be automatically consuming content that is going to definitely shape how they view other people and how they view current affairs i did read in the news recently there's been tiktok have been particularly um accused of um stirring up almost frenzies uh there was there was something that happened in new york somebody was giving away free something i can't remember what it was and it caused a, it was it pretty much caused a riot but it caused but yeah tiktok is causing frenzies of activity because of, yeah. of the really short form uh, social media. I mean, uh, so I had a conversation with somebody a long time ago, well, not that long ago, but long enough, and uh, they said, well, you know, why don't, why don't I get a more advanced phone because it can keep me connected? Mm. And I said, well, yeah, there is an advantage to that, but I said, I, 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 going back to what you said, Susie, about, you know, with MySpace. Now, I discovered MySpace just as it was sort of, things were moving on to, to Facebook and that. And, uh, and and so what I do is same same as people back then. I would designate time after work or whatever to sit at my computer and do this stuff. 
and that's how I work now. If you, if you want to send me an email, well, I'm not going to see it until I get home. You know, if if I, we're traveling and we're we're communicating while we're traveling, phone me or text me, but don't don't send me an email because I'm not going to see it. Anyway, uh, somebody said to me, get oh, get a phone, and it, and it bypasses that, and you, you can stay connected. And I said, yes, but I don't want to be like you. I said, you're constantly on your phone, the thumb generation, we call it, because, you know, they're, they're using your thumbs. I don't have that dexterity in my thumbs because I'm old. Um, but, you know, you, you see little kids, like, two on buses with, with these touchscreen things, and their thumbs are going all over the place. I just think, well... We're not going to need opposable thumbs soon if we carry on like this. But um, and, 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 and this person said to me, well, you know, you, you can limit the amount of time uh, you spend on that phone. You don't have to be uh, looking at it all the time. I said, yeah, but it taps into your addiction for flashing lights and, and seeing things and stuff. So I actively stay away from it by not having that phone. Mm. But the question here is more... Are young people's perception uh, of reality distorted by the influences of the social media uh, they use? Is is perception of reality distorted? Yes, 100%. I think uh, I was reading a book recently, which it's called Men Who Hate Women. Depressing title. But it's a lot about... Written by a man or a woman? A woman. Right. Um, And (laughs) uh, it's about radicalization and men being radicalized and we're we're seeing a growing movement now of young men that do genuinely hate women or think less of women we've kind of seen the pendulum swing on that uh so that's one example you get incel communities pickup artists men's rights activists men going their own way there's all these different communities online and i think the most egregious and upsetting example is the incel movement where they do genuinely hate themselves and hate women they think that they're never gonna find a partner and they think the reason they're never gonna find a partner is because they've been born with badly shaped eyebrows or they've been born with a a jaw that goes in or it's too soft or it's not it's not the correct shape to attract a, a woman and it's just these ridiculous ideas that make these men hate themselves and then they're seeing that that reflected in the coldness of women towards them because they have yeah. these attitudes towards women. They think women are stupid and um, useless and uh, no good for anything. And they just have this hatred towards women. They think they're shallow and awful. And women stay away from them and that confirms their suspicions about their appearance being this thing that repulses women. And that is completely shaped by content they see online because these communities can't really gather in real life because it's too dangerous for them socially because they're a radical group that hate women. It, It wouldn't be a good thing for these groups to meet in person. But also, it's shameful to admit these things in person. So by having these kind of online personas, these communities generate and reinforce their ideas about each other and about women and that i think completely it's a complete reshaping of reality one word you said earlier it's connection right but i think there's a difference between connection and belonging i went to a talk that actually you you put me on to last year i think it was there was a conversation about the difference between connection and belonging 
So I think uh, what talk was this? I was it was in the um, uh, Sheldonian. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You put me onto it, and you know, then my wife and I went to it, and they talked about the difference between connection and belonging, and I think social media in particular is very good for connection, but not very good for belonging. So these people that maybe these these young guys that are in these incels, as it's called, they connect really well with easy and simply with very quickly with each other because of social media. But maybe they don't actually really feel they really properly belong. You know, they don't not, they don't have this feeling of community because they can't know. really meet up. Do you th- have I, I think, have I got that wrong? I think this is a, a sense of belonging. I think that's kind of why it, it's. Well, but is it a real it true sense of belonging where you actually you're not really even meeting up face to face? I think it might be. I think these m- men become so reclusive in real life that mm. that digital connection becomes the most important thing to them and that that if because they don't have the comparison of real life connection with real mm. people especially on this topic that they feel they can't even discuss they do really feel like they only truly belong in these communities of fellow men that understand them and understand their struggle mm. and have gone through their struggle yeah. the uh, still, it feels like exploitation doesn't it still yeah because it's almost like oh well, i'm going to play into your your worst fears yeah. and they, i'm just going to tell you i'm going to confirm your worst fears even though they're actually not true there's people that do take advantage of that Absolutely, i think yeah. Um, you get some men that uh, that are basically worshipped by these communities because they're mm. attractive and powerful rich men and mm. they're almost... They reinforce the self-hating beliefs. Like, they will tell you, you are ugly, that is why women do not like you, you're not like me. Uh, but at the same time, they'll they'll confirm their beliefs about women and everything. And I think... Like Andrew Tate is the first example, I think. Yeah, that's that's the one that was brings to my mind. Yeah. yeah. So who, who's motivated? Who, who benefits from the perpetuation of that? Um, and where's it going? I think there's kind of a those these men do in a sense feel like they benefit from it because they they feel like everything was hopeless anyway, and now they've got a community where they can at least express that and and see reality for what it is, as they might put it. I I mean, there's some people that will benefit from it financially. Um, like Andrew but, Tate. But in a way, we're talking, we are talking hypothetically here, aren't we? Because yeah. we are talking about somebody else and how they're thinking. Yeah. But as the the representative of the younger generation, mm. seems how do you think something like you, you, you talked about Instagram, for example? Yeah. How do you think that particular social media platform's uh, cultural influence has sort of changed your perception of reality? Yeah. Or do you think it has? I think. Or do you think it, that's even actually possible for you to know that? Um, well, I think it would be hard to, you'd have to be very self-aware to be able to put a finger on exactly what it's done. I think because of the type of content that you put on Instagram, being photographs, usually of yourself, your life, this very saturated, clean, beautiful version of everything. I think it's maybe put more of an emphasis, uh, especially for me as a woman, on appearances where maybe that wouldn't have been so important to me before it, it became more important because of Instagram and because of the idea that I need to look beautiful, not even just on my own social media, but on other people's when they put pictures of me on there. Um, Do you think it gives you an unrealistic expectation of reality? Then? Yeah, I think because people don't put their whole lives on there, do they? They don't put everything on there. And even if they do put something that's meant to be, oh, this is real life, this is... See, Instagram isn't real life, this is what real life is. And I don't show you this, but I'm showing you it now. It's still a, a what they have controlled yeah. to be comfortable with you seeing. They're not p- 
putting the stuff out there that they don't want anyone to see. I think maybe it does give you an unrealistic expectation of not just appearances, but also, uh, as in physical appearances, but also how life should be and how enjoyable life should be in general. So how do you, how do you, how would you balance that? How do you balance that on your life? Or can you balance that? On your life? I, I think I do a terrible job of it. Or I do, I'm better at it when I'm busy, as in because Instagram becomes a very minimal part of my day-to-day life. But I think I've watched over September as I've been, well, I've maybe been at home, not had much to do, and also had a, a challenging period that upset me. I felt like mm. it's very easy to go to social media and forget about it. Yeah, then it's uh, the social media is um, is that hit of dopamine in a way. Yeah. It's that, it's that, that distraction. Yeah. When, I, when I was in Finland for 10 days, I made a conscious decision not to take my laptop with me that was one thing so I was not going to do any work mm-hmm. and my phone a lot of the time was off yeah. I actually made that decision and what I found was I was needing something to fill that void that mm-hmm. I was actually maybe relying on my phone too much to relieve boredom well actually yeah. sometimes boredom is a really good thing to have yeah to be bored because then you actually might your your mind will actually come up with some interesting ideas mm. or even just to be able to rest the mind i'm actually it was sue that said it to me but i think you both said it to me mm. sue and Stuart, i said it to me that yeah. um uh, that i was maybe packing my life too much with yeah. stuff i was always doing something and the realization with 10 days of being away from that made me realize actually what i I can just sometimes just do nothing or just read, for example. Well, what you were falling into the trap of doing was you were saying, oh, we're going to have a quiet weekend, we're going to do this, but you're still doing. Mm. You're busy doing nothing, whereas when you do nothing properly, you're not even doing it. It's just you're doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. there's a slight that you were busy make, making time to do nothing, and that, that it should come naturally. It should be free-flowing. Yeah, they should. All, I think. I think. I think that's. A, that, I would say an action in this episode or in this episode is just to do nothing. Yeah. Doing. I think there's a guilt behind doing nothing. You feel that should always be productive all the time, but actually doing nothing in itself is productive. Yeah. Yeah. Or not even being productive. You're thinking like being comfortable with being bored, like you said. Mm. I think our my generation and the generation below us, even especially, we have zero tolerance for boredom, mm. and I think. It was kind of telling that I said that the times where I don't use social media are the times where I'm too busy for it. So during term time, when I'm working constantly or socialising constantly mm. or having my other commitments, that's when I don't use social media. Mm. So it how should, can you take control of that then I think in I, your I life? I think I really need to set physical boundaries first, like mm. as in stopping myself from being able to access social media somehow. If I'm Is too... It, sorry, Susie. Go on. Oh, is, it, is it actually a, a, maybe looking at it as a form of addiction? Yeah, I think Cause that's how it's I've hard looked at it to as look well. at it like that. But I think it's true. When it's I look a habit, at my screen It's time, a habit, whether or not it's an addiction. I mean, true, yeah. Yeah. you'd have to have a scientific analysis of the brain. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure habits are necessarily addictions. Yes. But habits can be broken easier, well, maybe, than addictions. A lot of people who smoke actually habitually smoke rather than have an addiction. It's, yeah, uh, it's it's you do you do it at a certain time. So you you my yeah. my go to often is YouTube, mm. and I found myself doing it yesterday in YouTube Shorts, yeah. and I was like, I, I lost oh. half an hour on YouTube. Shorts. YouTube yeah. Shorts are dangerous. Everything. Yeah, because short they're just now. these hits. They're hits of dopamine again. Um, Everything's moving towards that now because that's mm. what TikTok did, and TikTok completely 
monopolized it and everyone was using TikTok. And I actually deleted TikTok because I could tell I was addicted to it. Right. I, I deleted it and I, well, now long, I no longer feel that compulsion to go to TikTok. But now on Instagram, they've introduced Reels and on YouTube, they introduce YouTube Shorts. It's the same type of content. A lot of it is recycled from TikTok anyway and just put on a different platform yeah. um, because that's how the creators make the most money because then it's got a chance to go viral on all, all of those platforms. And I feel that compulsion to go to Instagram Reels constantly when I open the app. I wish there was a way to block Reels specifically because I love to catch up on what my friends are doing and I use Instagram as my main messaging service as well. Maybe that's another step I need to take is to tell people they can only message me on WhatsApp because I'm no longer checking Instagram. But I always go on it with the intention of, oh, I need to check my messages. Yeah. And then I'm... I'm in the app and I'm slowly drifting towards watching the videos and it pushes it in your face constantly. Is that kind of like when you walk into the supermarket for a loaf of bread and you come up with a, with a, with a six pack of beer? It's exactly like that. And there were some, oh, some flowers that were actually uh, reduced, reduced to clear. I got those as well, yeah. but, and then, and the, but you forgot the bread. Except instead of but staying... But you forget the bread, yeah, the yeah, you yeah. originally. Instead of um, just buying all those things and walking out, you sat in the supermarket for hours running from sale <laughs> item to sale item and looking at all these sparkly things that you want yes. and then you're there and it's been two hours um yes i there is no way to disable reels specifically because they know that that is what keeps people on the app they have no incentive to give people that option to block yeah, because they want people on there to actually yeah. get the ad revenue but exactly so, so it's so annoying uh, because that is what is i think at the crux of my instagram habit so with william and i we we predate any of this we remember the time when you know, having a pocket calculator was was something, <laughs> something amazing. And uh, for me, social media came out of there was a thing called um, Friends Reunited. Oh yeah, Friends. Oh my goodness me, yeah. that's a blast from the past. And you you you, you connected. Uh, it was online, and you connected with your old school friends. And then MySpace appeared that I sort of didn't become aware of until it's still out there. But then, it's then more of a music platform. Yeah, and then 2007 sort of popped up, and uh, and Facebook arrived, and I sort of I became on uh, social media in about 2012, I think, quite late. But having experienced that, have you got any questions for us? Because we're we're you know we're old, and we have this other perception. Susie, what did you do? What did, did we do? What did we do? Well, life. We got on with life. Actually, nothing. I was, well, the one thing I would say actually was well, I, I, I was a, I, I used to be a very avid video game player. Mm. So maybe it, it, I moved on from video games to social media in some respects. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, so, but. But I found my time with video games much more fulfilling than when I spent time on social media. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So there was there's but there's an, because there's a real interactive element into it. Yeah. And there's a puzzle. There's Not a puzzle, just passive. There's a puzzle solving element to 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 games mostly, isn't there? Mm. You've got a you've got a problem to solve and you solve it in a and then generally speaking the that difficulty ramps up through the game, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a really simple puzzle to begin with, and then it becomes more complex as you as you go on. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think that yeah, I, I I used to go I cycle I used to cycle a lot. I still do actually. I don't know what I'm talking about. I was saying in the past, but I yeah, I'd you cycled in today. Yeah, I'd just be part. I'd be I'd just be out and about doing stuff. What did we do? We just did stuff, you know. Yes. Uh, we picked the phone up and we spoke to people, and you know, and uh, um, when we were, were going for meetings, we were running late. We didn't actually constantly say, "I'm on my way. I'm on the bus," you know. I'm getting off the bus, you know, and. Uh, yeah, we just got on with life. It, 
it was a very it was a very um now with this 10 day sort of almost because it was de- detox detox yeah yeah it was a very um cathartic process of and and actually very revealing process of mm. how much my impulse was to pick yeah. the phone up and often what i would do is just literally just but just turn it off because then there's then to turn the back this phone back on takes sometimes takes a minute because it's an older phone mm-hmm. so it's, it's almost like do, do I really need to turn that phone on? Do I really yeah. need to do something? Oh, I need. I want to do. I want to do Duolingo, for example. Another action as well is actually using using a different phrase rather than need to do something is to actually want to do something. It's a very different feeling to that word. If you need to do something, it's like it's an urge. Whereas, a, oh, I want to do it. Do I want to do that? No, mm. I don't want to do it. It's more of a more of a an engaging way sure. of thinking. Yeah. Do you want to read that question again from Ronnie in Denchworth? Uh, does Susie want to read it out? Yeah. We want to come back to this actual, yeah. what, the, what the question is focused yeah. on as well, which is, are young people's perception of reality distorted by the cultural influences of their preferred social media platforms? I think actually maybe reading that again, what it's kind of getting at is different social media platforms, I think, have very different attitudes and different feels i think if you go on twitter now it's a completely different platform to what it was before elon musk owned it and changed it and i think if you there's if you go on 4chan or reddit or 4chan 4chan 4chan, okay so 4chan is the very it's a very male dominated platform and i think that's where a lot of the incel culture kind of starts um so that's why i use that as an example because you don't get many women on yeah. 4chan or using it never heard of it yeah, yeah. exactly good <laughs> and i think when i go on twitter and um facebook now as well i've noticed and i think they've actually they talk about this a lot as in why they do this they push a lot of outrage content and because anger keeps people more engaged so if you see something that you disagree with for example i get a lot of anti-vegan stuff pushed at me because it thinks that i will see that content and engage with it and you can't ever actually permanently block a page that I'm aware of. I'm sure you can, there is a way to do it, but the option that's there immediately is to mute that page for 30 days. After those 30 days, it will recommend it to you again. So it's pushing this content that it knows you won't like because that's what that's what will keep you engaged. And then you end up in comments and and you're arguing with people and it creates more of a division and I think that changes people's perception of others and it creates a very... I want to say partisan, but it's not necessarily party related. It's just kind of ideological, like an ideological division between people where they see the other side as inherently evil and bad and everything that's wrong with the world because everyone's so angry and being so mean. And they see themselves maybe as more reasonable and and, uh, not even reasonable, like just the right side, the moral side, the ethical side. And I think that that changes the way people view others. I think it's better to instead assume that people are are coming to their positions from a good place and they want to be a good person. They don't they don't want to think of themselves as hateful or bad. Uh. So yeah, I think it it may be outrage content and the type of platform that you're on changes the way you see the other side, so to say, which yeah. maybe doesn't even exist. But for to, to say there's there's two sides and you there's a bad side and a good side mm. so uh, uh, polarizing yes polarizing that is the exact right word yeah 
Where and do you the, think this is all? Life is not about polarizing black and white. Life is just grays mostly. Mm. Where uh, where do you think this is all going? Social media and uh... more short form content, more outrage, more trying to keep people on social media for as long as possible is the way I think it's going. So it's all those things that make us stay engaged. Um, and well, which isn't good feelings necessarily. Is it and enga- is engaged just basically just consuming? Consuming or commenting interacting interacting with other people but not necessarily in a positive way mm. i think yeah. it's all those things where do you see your future with social media i use social i shouldn't say need i want to use social media um facebook specifically so that i can stay um connected to university events and university clubs and that is usually the platform that all they uh, use is used I want to use Instagram because I want to message my friends, but also see what they're doing, see what they're posting. I don't want to use either of these platforms to consume video content. Mm. So ultimately, I think what I want to happen is to shift from Instagram so that I can use that either solely on my laptop, which doesn't have the reels filtered in through the other content, but also doesn't have the same level of messaging functionality, and maybe move my messaging to another platform. It's just so well, hard. What's to... reels on Instagram? Oh, it's like TikTok, basically. It's okay. the same sort of thing. Like a YouTube short. Yeah. Okay. So you know, there's we, you you can as as a as a content creator create a TikTok that can also be uh, an Instagram reel, and it can also be a YouTube short. So you can right. use the same. It's the same sort of uh, format almost. I would like to say I'd use social media less, especially for consuming political content and instead consume that through um, news, uh, like BBC News, Guardian, Conversation, Channel, whatever the, you can, because you can get those apps and read articles on there. And you can also, I mean, I don't have a TV, obviously, but I I did use when I was at home instead of consuming all my news content through social media opinion pieces. Instead, I was listening to the news and current affairs and podcasts. Hmm. So I think that's that's another thing I'd like to shift because I think social media can be very, like you say, black and white. Polarizing. Yeah, polarizing and less objective. Do you think? Do you think then it's just? So then, could you see a, a future of social media being just being uh, one part of the jigsaw puzzle when you're figuring out the world around you? That's what I'd like. I can see it. It's definitely. I mean, it's a possibility, but it's it feels so hard. It's kind of like a. I think a, a fear of missing out sort of thing as well. Yeah, the, the FOMO is a big thing, isn't mm. it? Absolutely. Well, where, where do, is it? I don't want to be too optimistic, basically, yeah. about yeah. my habits. Where do you think social media is going? Um, as in more outrage content, more yeah. reels, short-form yeah. content. Content okay. that will keep people on social media. Right. It's actually almost becoming a lot more like a pill rather than a meal. Yes, okay. that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Or they're, they're moving into metaverse stuff, maybe NFTs. What's that? I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. It's Mark Zuckerberg's pipe dream. Right. Okay. Facebook. Of, yeah. Of like um, social media becoming, and the internet and technology becoming so integrated to our lives that it's kind of constantly there. Right. And that like. It, it becomes something we can tap into at any time. So the metaverse is like a virtual reality thing. Mm, yeah. I think he wants that to expand. 
but I don't know whether it'll succeed. Mm. I think I think we need humanity. Yeah, we? I think people desire that as well. While I was away, I read um, Ray Bradbury's very good short book, short novel, Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit 451, and that was, in a way, in a way ahead of its time, 1953, I think it was released, and the per, the, the premise is that it, all books are banned and the, this person's a fireman, main character's a fireman, his, his job is to burn books, yeah. but his, his, his secret is the fact that he's actually hiding these books away himself, he actually he, he stashes them away, and his wife is outraged by it, um, but she, her life is continu- is like pretty much sat in a room with, if you can imagine like the walls of televisions, and it's actually just uh, almost like reality TV continually on that TV mm. on, 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 the, on the walls. And they, she sees those as a family and it's not even, they're not real people. Mm. Okay. That's, that's even talking about the metaverse is kind of almost, but that's what it kind of feels like to me at least. Yeah. Uh, what, what are the actions we can come up with with this episode? Oh, okay. Everything that I'm too afraid to do um, <laughs> is to limit, limit your social media usage or try and find a way to, to consume it more what's the word conscientiously or um more purposefully is it, is it to use to to see social media as a tool rather than a master mm. so you know i see a lot of people drive who drive and i they, i think they see their car as a tool but actually it's a master because they drive everywhere they don't they don't it's a habit for them to get in their car and drive somewhere so actually it's a habit to go on social media because you're bored or you're feeling a bit you want to distract yourself from particular feelings yeah. so you go on social media just to, to do that and it's a habit rather mm. than thinking as a, as a tool but you know you're talking about the tool being it, i think you can see it as a tool for yourself being a tool to actually connect keep, keep stay connected with the people that matter to you yeah and to we use social media to make plans to meet up in person not to just connect mindlessly over there yeah um but and to see see what each other's are doing um, yeah. but i think yeah it's definitely become more of a just a something that i do because i don't want to have to do nothing or i'd want to avoid doing something else yeah. usually work and sometimes pick up the phone and call somebody yeah and that's definitely an action for me i i just i love getting random phone calls from people i haven't heard from for a while mm. it might not be the the opt- most apt time to me for me to uh, to to get that call, but you know, you can always go. I- I'm busy right now. Can you call me back in an hour or something? I'm always happy with a phone call. My, my face to face as well. Yeah, my action is um, just see where you are on this this uh, th- this barometer, should we say? Of do you use social media? Are you completely consumed by it, or are you your your foot is in both both um both camps? Just my action is just see where you 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 feel you sit mm-hmm. on the social media spectrum, and then once you know, you can do something about it. I also think to I guess address the core thing that this question was getting at, which is about social media changing the way you see the world. Yeah is to think much more critically about the types of posts you're seeing and the intentions of the people that are posting. Yeah, the motives behind it. And just because you agree with someone usually doesn't mean you have to agree with them all the time. And And vice versa. And just because you disagree with someone doesn't mean they're a terrible person and everything they um, think is objectively wrong and they're awful. Um, I think interact with people more kindly on, on the internet as well. I think it's very easy to forget that there's a real human being who 
isn't evil um, yeah. on the other side of a screen. Um, so all those kind of things, I think, will help us um, minim- kind of minimise the impact of outrage content and make it less of a, a threat to our personal lives and also in general. Maybe if it's if it's not as profitable, that that will be what we shift away from. I think is a a good thing, only a good thing. Well, are there cultural influences uh, that are different from on each platform, or are they all motivated roughly by the same mm. thing? I think you get cultural differences, definitely. I mean, I think I'm trying to think of an example. I guess 4chan is the most obvious one. That's very male, anti-woman, anti-work. Never heard of that. I know, but it, I guess these more extreme ones are more niche. Yeah. Where and I think the con- Twitter culture used to be very, kind of everything you say is 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 the worst possible yeah. interpretation also twitter is very short form as well yeah you can't get nuance into 150 so, characters no and it used to be less than that of course yeah uh, facebook is a very different they're just they're, they all have their own different cultures they're different they're different spaces to be in somebody mm. said to me the other day oh, i don't use facebook because you know people aren't using it anymore i think the same amount of people are using it but the each new each generation that comes along and they latch on to the next generation of social media. Mm. And yes. us oldies are, st- are still on... The early on, adopters, yeah, we're, we're still on Facebook and yeah. just about dipping our toe in Instagram. A lot of people uh, that come to, at least, that I have to tell my uh, the freshers that are coming in, you should get Facebook because that's how we all connect. None of them have it, usually. Yeah. Uh, so I think maybe that's a sign that we need to shift social media away from Facebook um, and onto the new platform where people are all connecting because we're basically forcing these people to make a new account and give Facebook all their information. Where are where are people now then? Usually, I think, Instagram. Right. Um, what's coming next? What's next? Well, TikTok is definitely the big TikTok player. TikTok is isn't it? the new one, but you can't really like talk to people on TikTok as far as I'm aware. Um, hmm. What comes after TikTok? I don't know. I haven't Top seen tick. it yet. Toxic. Yeah. Toxic, toxic. Okay, well, this has been another episode of the People's Countryside uh, Environmental Debate Podcast. And I'd just like to mention we've mentioned the fundraiser that's been running um, separately to this. Um, on If you go on to, what, what is it? Justgiving.com just forward slash crowdfunding forward slash wildman on wheels. And I did yeah. not read that from my phone. Mm. No. And. Uh, that is designed to uh, get me back out working and living again. Um, we've had um, so two wheelchairs, uh, an, an off-road, um, an indoor chair and an all-terrain chair to get us back out there doing our workshops that we used to do, William. Yep. We've, uh, we've got uh, other funding streams coming in, uh, grants and loan, personal loans, and some people have paid straight into the bank account um didn't want to go through just giving um actually we've now raised enough for the indoor wheelchair that's been purchased yeah also raised enough for uh for for one of these uh orcam readers because i struggle to read and process what i've just read so uh and uh, so we're now moving on to this all-terrain wheelchair and uh, big challenge big challenge it needs uh, just over 22,000 i think hmm. that figures needs to settle down a bit but it come down from 24 to 22 but it's probably going to be about 22 and a half 
I, f- I feel those are two significant steps, though, Stuart. For well, yourself. weirdly, in a wheelchair, taking steps. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, steps along the process. Yeah. So donate to that if you'd like to uh, support our wider work. I'll say it just one more time. Just giving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash wildman on wheels that's the website to go to yeah. we'll put a link in the description as always in this podcast episode and if you just want to donate straight into uh, the bank the bank account that's collecting the money please please get in touch with us um people's countryside at gmail.com and i can give you the details of that and uh, anyway uh you're going to be back soon uh, on another episode susie uh, in, in a few weeks uh, it's good to have you back another voice it's good to have a third person William yes and I say it again it's really nice to have Susie back on the podcast and Thank and you. just another voice and another perspective as well it's usually just Stuart and myself so it's, it's good to have you back Susie it does make the episodes a bit longer yeah, yeah naturally because it's a third person yeah, yeah. 